Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit rlcholland.com. All right. Hey, let's go ahead and get started. Um, today, we are going to be talking about my journey. Everyone say, my journey. There's so much in a journey in life. You know, um, I was talking to Madi a few days ago, and I said, Madi, do you remember about four years ago when we went on a, on a hike through the trail in the dunes? I think it was near Saugatug area. Um, all I know is it's through the dunes. It's about a mile hike to get to Lake Michigan. Well, at the time, we had Joshua, at the time, three years old, and Malaya, not even one, you know. And so I'm like, well, let's do this family journey. Let's, let's hike through the woods. Let's, let's get to the beach, you know. Uh, I think it was springtime. And I said, all right, so we go. And, you know, we, we parked over there. We pulled the stroller out. Oh, man, I'm so pumped. I'm ready to go. Because it's one of our first family hikes, our first time we're journeying off through the dunes. Um, if you guys know me, I'm really huge into our state, Michigan. I think it's a beautiful state. You know, not, not to, all these other states are awesome, but Michigan has so many attractions that we can go to. So much scenery. I've been up north near the Traverse City area. Man, and vineyards that are beautiful, peninsulas, the Big Mac. We have a great looking state, you know. And I remember when I was in Bible school, uh, my friend and I were arguing. Like, we were really arguing. You know, we, we have a beach. No, you don't. You have a lake. No, we have a beach. No, the beach is the ocean. No, we have a beach. It's just it's better than the ocean. Yeah. No, it's not. He was from Kentucky. And we went back and forth, and we were debating. I was like, dude, we have no sharks. We have fresh water. I mean, this is like all, we have clean sand. And so he was, he actually was one of my uh, groomsmen in my wedding. So he came to Michigan, and we took him to the beach. No joke. He had said, yeah, y'all got a beach. <laughs> and it, just, it was just awesome to see that. But, and I don't know why I went there, but here's the thing. We have so many attractions that we have. So one of the things that we were uh, planning to do was like, hey, let's take the kids for a hike. Let's, let's go to, to the beach. But let's not go through the tunnel. Let's not go to the state. Let's go through this, this trail. Let's take a journey. So we did. And it was great, like the first three steps. <laughs> and after that, the sand kicks in. You know, then the incline of the hill kicks in. Remember, I said I'm taking a stroller, and I have a one-year-old. And so we're going through this journey, right? We're going through the woods, and again, it's about a mile in till we get to the beach. And about halfway, Joshua's having a blast. I mean, this little vineyard-looking, you know, where trees are knocked down. He, I mean, scenery was beautiful. But he's having fun while I'm, no joke, I'm pulling the stroller backwards now, and I have Malaya on my shoulders, and, <laughs> and Marty's just trying to keep up with Joshua. And so, I mean, this journey was awesome, but there were stroller struggles. It really was. I mean, I was getting snagged, and then we hit the nothing but sand, and I had to pick it up and walk it through. And, but we got to our destination, and our destination was the beach, and we have pictures of it that, that we took with, you know, Josh putting his feet in the water and, and, and Malaya playing in the sand for the very first time. And so the destination was awesome, but the journey was a journey. You know what I'm saying? Now, that was four years ago, four or five years ago. Today, I talk about that because I remember more the journey than I do the destination. I really do. 
The destination was awesome, don't get me wrong. And I remember going to the beach and, and playing the sand, but I remember details of the journey that we took as a young family. And, and here's the thing. For some reason, we want to overlook the journey and look at the destination. Or we plan ahead and say, this is where I'm going to be in five years, but realize but there has to be a journey that we have to follow. And so today I want to just simply talk to you guys about my journey, your journey, our journey in Christ. Before we do so, let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now for this time, Lord. I pray right now, Father, that your word just be revelation and new insight into our lives, Father God. I pray right now as we take this journey, Father, that we, uh, we continue to see your will and your way, Father God. That we totally surrender our thoughts and what our thinking is and totally lean on you, Father God. Lord, as we take this journey in Christ, Father God, I ask you give me the words to speak that has nothing to do with my opinion, but solely on your truth and in your word. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. So is it okay if I take you guys on a journey? Yeah? No? Yes? Let me take you on a journey. Here's the thing. And I was talking to Marty and, and Pastor Danny the other day and I said, I, I don't know if this is going to be a one-part deal or a three-part deal. And that was a few days ago. And then Danny calls me this morning. Pastor Danny says, hey, man, this is going to be a, a series. <laughs> we're just getting so much out of this journey because we're starting to see, even through some struggles, through some snags, through some, you know, incline walking uh, that we call Christianity, we're seeing so much scenery and what God is implementing in us. And he's going to do the same thing with you guys. And Jesus Christ leaves, a, leaves us an example of that. Jesus Christ takes a journey, and I want to show you guys this. And before I get into Scripture, I'm going to talk to you guys about this is after the resurrection, okay? So, so the, the walking with the disciples, I'm, I'm not talking about that, okay, where he says, come follow me. Um, taking, you know, the cross, carrying his cross to Calvary, that's not the journey I'm talking about, okay, and being crucified. The journey I'm talking about is after the resurrection, Okay, this is now we're in the new covenant. We're in, we're, you know, we're new in Christ. This is the beginning of the beginning, or in a sense, of, of our new covenant. And so we're going to start there. It's, it's after the resurrection, Jesus Christ has walked out of the tomb, and he's alive. Like my kids say, he's alive again, because he is. Okay, now, there is a destination for us, disciples, us followers of Jesus Christ. There is a destination, and at, at that time it was in Jerusalem where he was going to pour out his promise on us called the Holy Spirit. We, we know it as the day of Pentecost. But that's the destination, okay? So if you were, if, if I was thinking about it actually, and I, and I was thinking about Jesus coming out, I would think he would go straight to Jerusalem. He has 40 days to convince people I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the one, the only way. It's 40 days before he sends to, earth, uh, to heaven. But he doesn't. Instead of going straight to destination, he takes a journey. And we can find this in Luke chapter 24, uh, starting with verse 13 and on. And it says this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. Now there are two, two people here, all right? And we'll talk a little bit about them later on. But there are two people here that are disciples, that follow Jesus, and they're, they're walking to a town called Emmaus, which is uh, approximately seven miles away from Jerusalem. It says right here, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And I'm going to stop there for a second. Because I really believe it is no coincidence that, that Emmaus is about seven miles away from Jerusalem. Now, these two people 
after seeing the death of Jesus Christ, start walking to Emmaus, that means they're going opposite of Jerusalem. And if Jerusalem is the destination, then they're missing something. They're, they're, they're focused on something else. Okay? So now Jesus comes out of the tomb, and he takes this journey. Now, when you look at that, the, the, the number seven is very significant. It's very significant. It actually means completion or even finished. You can see this in accounts through the Bible, like in Genesis, when God created the world. He created, he did all work within six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Seven days, he, he called it holy, or it's finished, I'm done. He wasn't tired, he's done. There's a difference. So there's, there's, there's a, a significance behind number seven. You look in the book of Joshua, and when he leads, leads the army of Israel, and they approach the walls of Jericho, God tells Joshua to lead this army and tomorrow, on the seventh day, march around it seven times, blow seven trumpets by seven priests, and watch the walls collapse. And they did. They did. And then you look at uh, uh, in, the, in John chapter 4, which really popped out at me. John chapter 4, and I actually encourage you guys to read this book. Again, John chapter 4, read the whole chapter. And this is about the woman at the well. Okay, a Samaritan woman runs into Jesus at the well. Now, at that time, those people, you know, Jews and, and, and Samaritans, they didn't really, you know, see eye to eye and things. They didn't really talk to each other. But Jesus is there, okay, and he's thirsty. And Jesus, Jesus talks to the lady and says, hey, hey, can you, you give me something to drink pretty much? And the lady's like, are you talking to me? And he says, yeah. And so they go into this whole conversation, which I'm not going to get into, but they go into this whole conversation. Then Jesus shines a little light on her and says, well, go tell your husband so-and-so or whatever, right? Well, I, I don't have a husband. He says, that's true, because you had, you've had five husbands, okay? And then he says this, and the man you're living with today is not even your husband. That's the sixth man. Think about it for a second, okay? Married five times. Totally failed, she gave up, just decided to go with the man. That's six men. That's bombing, okay? That's not working out for her. But Jesus says, if you would only know who I am and drink what I offer you, you will never thirst again. Who's Jesus to her now? There is so much significance with the number seven. And because of that, she thirsted no more. She found eternal salvation on the seventh man she rocked into, Jesus Christ. There is so much significance behind the number seven. And we see that, that uh, when these two uh, disciples, these two people are walking, they're about, they're about seven miles away from Jerusalem, the town they're going to, about seven miles away. And it, I believe that's so significant because Jesus, knowing where they're heading, decides to go this way instead of this way to meet up with these guys. And continue on, it says, they were talking with, with each other uh, about everything that had just happened. All right? So they know what's been going on, these two people. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside with them. <laughs> Have you guys ever taken a walk and then someone's just like right next to you? Can you imagine that? Jesus just walks up alongside of them. He sees they're taking a journey. All right, now I'm going to take this journey with them. And starts walking with them. And he says this. And he says this, but they were kept from recognizing him. Everyone say the word kept. 
It didn't say they didn't recognize them. It says they were kept from recognizing them, which means their attention, their attention was somewhere else. Now, when they're taking this journey, and as they're going, Jesus, again, walks up to them, and they are kept from, from recognizing them. Something's not, not right, and it's because of the fact that their focus was still on the death of Jesus. The focus was still on, on the death of Jesus. And even though resurrection life was with them and walking with them, they didn't recognize him. There are so many times we walk in our Christianity walk or walk for Jesus and do what we can, and we feel defeated. We feel eliminated. We feel dead. Like, man, my, my marriage is dying. My finances is dying. My relationships, they're dying. And Jesus this whole time is walking alongside of you, but something is keeping us from recognizing that because our focus is on death and life is literally with us right now. And what Jesus is doing is he's allowing them to speak. The attitude for Jesus in this journey that he's taken, it's not, it's not a, well, let me tell you right now, and your, 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 your mindset's wrong right now, and I'm going to correct you. That was not Jesus' approach. His approach was so gentle, was so suave, <laughs> really was. How he, he just walks alongside of them. He walks alongside of them and just talks with them and hangs out with them. I'd be freak out, freaking out. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> we do that at the mall. <laughs> Are they stalking us? No. Okay, keep going. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. He, he walks with them. He takes a detour. From destination. I'm gonna tell you something, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna be so honest. I hate detours. I hate detours. Who can say amen to that? <laughs> I mean, I remember being with my dad. We went to Mexico. I was about 16 years old, and we went to Mexico. And my dad is old school, so we drove three days to Mexico in a small car. <laughs> but we did it. Well, on the way back, um, we usually take this one route that leads through, like, uh, certain states. But we ended up taking a detour because the signs were saying, you know, construction, all this deal. So my dad took the detour, and the detour led us to Little Rock, Arkansas. I remember Little Rock, Arkansas, the signs, the, the, the small town, everything. And I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, man, this is taking so long. But my dad had to take that detour because it was necessary at the moment. Now, the reason why I don't like detours, it's because I don't, I'm not familiar with the roads, all right? It's a longer route, and it's honestly very inconvenient for me, really inconvenient for me. So I, 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 didn't, I don't like detours, and that's just me being honest. But when you see Jesus, knowing where, where destination's at, takes a detour, even though it's inconvenient, even though he may not be familiar with the route that they're going, I, mean, I don't know. Or maybe he just wants to take a longer route on a journey with the guys. He had an attitude of, I'm just going to reach to these guys and take this journey. And I see so much significance behind that because I can apply that to our person, my personal life. Even though I may hate detours, there's a journey, there's a scenery that we can see. Now, going back to the beach, okay, when we got to the end of the beach, and I saved this for this time, when I got to the end of the beach, there was a parking lot right in front of the beach. I had no idea that you could drive your car all the way around and just park right there. I had no idea. And even though that was a, a sense of a detour, I still enjoyed the journey. Even though there were some struggles, I still enjoyed the journey. So Jesus, again, he, he sees these two people going opposite, so he takes a detour. 
And watch what Jesus does on the next scriptures. Verse 17 and through 19, it says this. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? What are you all discussing? Jesus is showing interest. All right, and he goes and he sees two people. says, hey, what y'all talking about? What's going on? He just shows interest in, in their conversation. No, man, this is Christ. This is God Almighty. He knows all. But he shows interest in these guys. And it says that they stood still, their faces downcast. You see, resurrection is walking along with them right in front of their faces, and their faces are downcast. And it continues on, and he says, One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? Who does not know the things that have just happened here in these days? And Jesus, suave, <laughs> says, what things? What things? So now these guys are about to tell Jesus about Jesus, but they don't recognize Jesus because resurrection is walking with them. He asked about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all people. Man, how many times have we just talked about Jesus, conversated about Jesus? Man, God is almighty. God is awesome. He is faithful when I'm not even faithful. He is there. He hears me. He loves me. I have eternal life. But we still don't recognize him when we walk these certain situations in our journey. We still focus on death. And Jesus' resurrection life is with us. And we don't recognize. So these guys are, 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 are proclaiming Jesus to Jesus and how powerful he is. But their faces were downcasted. See, Jesus questioned them for this reason. Jesus questioned to expose their pain. I'll say that again. Jesus questioned them to expose their pain. Because when you go back to the Garden of Eden, God, when, when the fall happens, Adam and Eve hide. God says one question, asks one question. Adam, where are you? The question is supposed to lead to exposure. So Jesus questions them to expose the pain that they're going through right now because he wants to address it. He wants to fix it. My daughter, when she cries, she gets hurt, she stubs her toe, hurts her knee, whatever it is, hits her shins. She may not know the word of the body part, but she's crying. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, what is it? What? What? Your leg, your knee, your eye, your brother, like what? And she's just crying. I, I, I'm questioning her because I want her to expose where the pain's at. I want her to tell me, Daddy, right here. And then when I kiss it, like, it just magically leaves, like, which kind of questions, like, I have questions about that as well. But anyway, it, it works. <laughs> Were you really? Did you just want to sucker? You know, <laughs> here's the thing, though. God questions, or Jesus questions these two people because he wants to expose their pain so he can address it. But this is what we do as believers sometimes, okay? And I am so guilty of this. We hide behind the word. And I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to dissect that a little bit because it could go two ways. Well, Jesse, aren't we supposed to, you know, abide and hide? And no, 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 no. We hide behind the word. For instance, maybe someone hurt us in the past, but we know what the Bible says we need to forgive. So we deny the feelings we have and say, well, I forgive them. I forgive them. Because the Bible says I, for I forgive them. But in reality, in our heart, there's this nasty weed that needs to be addressed. And because we hide behind that, God. 
you're tying God's hands behind his back. So he, he, he questions them to expose that so God can work on it. And so when we expose the fact that, yeah, God, I'm a, I'm a child of God, but, man, I have some bitterness, God. I need you to work. We're just exposing ourselves. God's saying, let's get to work. And he takes his journey with you. He takes a journey with you. Luke 24, 20 through 21 says, The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. Now these guys are talking Jesus to Jesus, all right? And they crucified him. Can you believe that? They crucified Jesus. But we had hoped, past tense, we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Man, I could see their, their, their tone and voice, their downcast face, because it literally didn't turn out the way they wanted it to be. They had so much hope until crucifixion day. And then they just totally let it go and turned the other way and went back to their ways, back to a different journey. And resurrection is right next to them. Verse 22 to 24. In addition, everyone say in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. Everyone say didn't find his body. They were looking for something that was living in a dead place. They were looking for something that was alive in places where dead lay. That's why they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. Guys, there are so many times we look through empty tombs. In other words, I'm saying we, we search out the dead to find the living. We vent on the wrong things. Now, I'm not shunning this, but sometimes we vent too much on Facebook. Sometimes we express so much emotion on Facebook when we're supposed to be going to God. Let me tell you something. Facebook's going to fail you. <laughs> It's going to fill you. Not shunning it. I use Facebook. I think it's a great tool. I think it's a great resource. But it is not my main source. It is not my main source. And if I want to find truth, I go to Christ. If you want to find truth, find the living, the, the eternal living God. And you'll see truth, resurrection, walk along with you. He's not only taking a journey He's not just trying to get us to a destination, but he's also in our details of our lives. Now, now he, he, he walks in the detours. He's in our detours, but he's also in our details because in Luke chapter 24, 25 through 29, you guys get that? It says this. He said to them, how foolish you are. Okay? How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Now, this is what's happening. After they talked to Jesus about Jesus, not knowing it was Jesus. Now, Jesus is talking about Jesus to them, still not knowing that he's Jesus. This is what's happening right now. Ain't no recognition right now what's going on. How foolish. The Messiah, third person, the Messiah had to suffer. <laughs> so he's relating to them right now. He's at their level right now. He's talking the way they're seeing it right now because he knows he's got an open door. The Messiah had to suffer to enter in his glory. 
27, and, the, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained, oh, I love that. He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus was talking to these people about Jesus. Literally, life was giving life. He explained, the Bible says, on, on, on what the Bible was. He went to scripture. He says he went all the way back to Moses and the prophets and explained the journey that, this, that the course that this was going to happen. And he's saying, don't fret, don't, don't, don't panic. The Messiah had to go through that so he can enter his glory. And as he explains that, they still don't recognize him. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. So Jesus not only took a detour, gave them details through explanation, now he's meeting them at their dead end. How many times have we felt like we've hit a dead end in life? We've plateaued. Am I going to go farther than this? Am I ever going to learn? Am I ever going to? We, we hit this dead end. And in, in a sense, we are still downcast and kind of give up. And this whole time, resurrection is walking with us. But when you see that scripture, it says Jesus... It says, uh, lost my spot, 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. See, Jesus doesn't stop at dead ends. He doesn't have dead ends. But he stops because they asked. Now, these guys are at a dead end. They stopped at their tracks. And Jesus says, Jesus, the Bible says that he's going to continue on farther. But they end up stopping him. And, but they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. Jesus was willing to take a stop at their dead end to continue to walk with them, to continue to journey with them. What was keeping them from recognizing resurrection was the focus of death. And even though resurrection was walking with them, they still didn't see them. When he was at the table, everyone say the table, there is so much in the table. When I eat at my dinner table, I love hanging out with my kids because they tell me about the day, their day. And Joshua can have a bad day, he can have a good day. But something about the table that when we gather together and we're eating together that we are able to fellowship. And I'm able to be in tune and, and hear my son out. And right now it's mainly my son because he's at the age of, you know, recess. There could be problems. <laughs> you know, Dad, how do I handle this? How do I handle that? Malaya explaining some things to me. But when it comes to the table, when there's a table, there's fellowship. There's relationship. There's being in tune with one another. And I'm willing to keep my mouth shut to hear my kids out. And sometimes we'll play a game at the table where we, you know, say something good about each other or whatever. The table has power. The table has a power for us to, to come together as family, as friends. I mean, in a sense, we, we sort of did that in communion today earlier. We came together. I, there may not have been a physical table, but we all gathered around a table. And we had communion together. And we remembered together his body and his blood. There is, there is something powerful about the table, and Jesus goes there. When he was at the table with them, he took bread he gave them thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Jesus takes us this journey in life. And the moment he feeds us, 
the moment we, like the woman at the well, drink that water that never thirst, we never thirst again, the moment he feeds us that, that life-giving manna, that bread, that gives us the right balance of what we need, all problems don't seem like problems anymore. And when he fed them, he saw resurrection. They saw life within him. When we walk this journey and when we can say, God, we come before you right now and we declare and stand on your promises and we allow God through his word and through fellowship of people to feed us, we recognize him as we walk this journey. But we have to allow Christ to feed us and open our hearts because when you look at Paul, Dan, can you come up here already? When you look at Paul, the road to Damascus. Paul was a man that was uh, just thinking he was doing right for God, but he was really persecuting Christians. And for Paul to be reached out to, in the natural he had to be blind, so in the supernatural he could see and hear Jesus. Sometimes we're blinded in certain areas of our lives so we could see and hear Jesus. So as we walk this journey in life, as we move forward in life, as God wants us to continue on through the, through the detours, the details, and the dead ends, know that resurrection life is still there. We as children have to stop looking through uh, to empty tombs because he's not there. We have an opportunity as well to share this with loved ones that are searching empty tombs. But it comes down to where we stand and where we're at. So at this time, I'm going to have everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. There may be situations we're facing right now. We are on this journey. And we're doing our best We really are trying to do our best to to live right for God. But there are moments where it's just, it just seems hard. It seems way too hard. Being a Christian is so hard. No, being a Christian and a follower of Jesus is impossible. That's why he sent us the promise, the Holy Spirit, to guide us through this journey. But again, we have to allow Christ to feed us. Now you're walking this journey. It may be hard right now. But let me reassure you.